passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode, episode 175 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains to be the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for every league, including Major League Baseball, down the stretch of the regular season. We come, we're going to have playoffs right around the corner. NFL season has started. NBA season's right around the corner. Same with NHL. They also do combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures head to bet online today make your first deposit and use promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v five zero to get your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit again b-l-e-a-v five zero to get 50 percent bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts with that said episode 175 for the love of the game let's get this work I'm gonna do my thing. It's crazy in the club when I'm in there, man. Trust me, homie, I'm not playing. I had a dance floor off the chain, I'm sick. I came to bring you that California love. In the little New York, hate is all of the above. I'm not playing, I'm saying I'm off the chain. You better follow instructions, I'm sick. I'm about to our bar, I start to drop off the showroom floor, not the used car lot. You buy a bottle, I buy the bar. I make any other week feel like Mardi Gras. When I get into it, I get into it. Everybody can't do it the way I do it. I make it rain, then the sun come out. I complain, we make the guns come out now. My question is, who they gonna blame when I'm at number one on the billboard? You know what it is, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back. Episode 175, For the Love of the Game, on the Believe Podcast Network. It is yours truly. ATH Aaron Tobin has back in the studio, back behind the mic, and coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon because I wanted to wait until the Monday night games were over to see what happened there in terms of results for picks against the spread. We split. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it was a wonderful weekend for New York sports, an absolutely wonderful weekend. On Sunday, the Yankees won, the Mets won. The New York Giants won, and the New York Jets won. That's right. All those teams won on the same day for the first time. For the first time since September 27th of 2009. That's over 13 years ago where the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees, and the Mets all won on the same day. Absolutely insane. So for at least one day. 
Have yourself a day, New York sports. I mean, right now the sports calendar is absolutely filled. NFL is in full swing. College football is in full swing. The NBA is right around the corner. NHL is right around the corner. The New York Rangers opener is October 11th. I mean, we're right here, people. We're right here. The weather is turning. It makes me a little sad because I find summer to be super enjoyable. It's a vibe, but for the sports calendar, we're right in the thick of things. So the New York Yankees, I'm not going to talk about the Yankees only winning one out of three against the Milwaukee Brewers this weekend, but this is more about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge hit home runs number 58 and 59 on Sunday. Just absolutely outrageous. His batting average is now up to 316. He's almost, you know, eligible to be the triple crown winner, right? I mean, he clears in home runs by over 20. He clears in RBIs by 14 RBIs from the two-hole and the leadoff spot. Just goes to show you how absurd he has been. And right now, he's second or third in batting average. Wild. An absolutely wild season. One of the great seasons we've ever seen in Major League Baseball history. And he should be a shoo-in for the American League MVP. However, there is this vocal minority. You know, the stat nerds, the geeks out there, try and ruin sports, who talk about Shohei Otani. And that nobody can be more valuable than Shohei Otani because he's not only an awesome hitter, but he's an awesome pitcher. And this is true. I have nothing to combat that. Shohei Otani is probably the most unique player in baseball history since Babe Ruth was still pitching and pitching regularly. But guess what? Shohei Otani's Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim win like 70 games a year, okay? And have been irrelevant for four months. In a year where no other candidate stands out. All right, I understand giving him the award. He's been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible. But this isn't one of those years because Aaron Judge may win the triple crown and hit over 60 home runs, okay? He's probably going to break Roger Maris's record for 61 home runs. He's probably going to hit 62 by the end of the year and win the triple crown, potentially. So don't tell me that Shohei Otani is more valuable. First of all, Aaron Judge also plays a plus outfield. He's played center field majority of the year and a really good center field at that. Not to mention that he has single-handedly carried this team that has been injury-ridden and has gone through major slumps. And if it wasn't for Aaron Judge, the Yankees would have 50 wins. So I don't want to hear it, Shohei Otani, the AL MVP. If you honestly think that Shohei Otani is the AL MVP, get lost. Just get lost. And CeCe Sabathia, you know, friend of Aaron Judge, former New York Yankee great, for him to say that Shohei Otani is the MVP. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here, CeCe? Don't embarrass yourself. You're too good in the media. You're too much of a valued member of Yankees family to embarrass yourselves like that. Insanity. Absolutely insanity. 
unbelievable year by Aaron Judge. And friend of the program, and, and I have a friendly bet. Shout out to Eric Zimmerman. We have a friendly wager about the Yankees and Aaron Judge's next contract. I said before the year when Judge turned down his deal that the Yankees weren't going to go a guaranteed six years. He said he's going to get whatever he wants. And it looks like I'm going to lose this bet. That's what it looks like. Because the Yankees should do whatever it takes to keep him at this point. He's the face of the franchise, should be the captain of the team, and is having one of the great, great years in the history of baseball. Kudos to him. Incredible. So the Jets and the Browns. What an absolutely wild, wild game. The Browns have this one in the bag. Have this one in the bag. Are up seven points with the ball with 2.30 left. Couple of plays. They do a running play and Kareem Hunt goes out of bounds before the two-minute warning. Saving an extra play because the clock stops automatically the two-minute warning. He went out of bounds at 2.02 on the clock. An absolutely boneheaded decision. So they run a couple of plays. Nick Chubb scores, and the extra point is no good. Still, the Jets are down 13 with a minute and a half left. The odds of the Jets winning this game are zero. But you get the broken play heave to Corey Davis, touchdown, onside kick recovered by the JETS Jets. Garrett Wilson, who looks awesome, I mean, he was a monster today, scores another touchdown with Six seconds left or so. Extra point is good. And the New York Jets steal a game that they had absolutely no business winning. By the way, I said it on last episode. You know, when you play rookies, especially rookie wide receivers that are drafted top 10 overall, I mean, generally good things happen. I don't understand why he didn't play more in week one, but Garrett Wilson looks like he's the real deal because the Browns have a really good defense. And kudos to Joe Flacco, who everybody was bitching and complaining about on Twitter about Joe Flacco and how he's terrible. And don't get me wrong, Joe Flacco's not very good, but he did come through in a big spot today. Came through in a big spot. He, he basically didn't go away, and the Jets win an absolutely improbable game. Now, do I think the Jets are finishing any better than 5-12? and 12? No. No, I don't. But... There are things to like about this Jets team. Barrett Tucker, really good. Garrett Wilson, really good. Brees Hall looks like a player, all right? They, they've hit on a couple of draft picks now, and if Zach Wilson's the goods, there's a little bit of promise in New York Jets land. But for right now, the New York Jets are not very good. But Jet fans, be, be stoked. Be happy that you got a crazy win. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I... Put in a small New York parlay. Mets, Jets, and Giants to win. I didn't include the Jets, but if I had included the Jets, it would have paid out a lot more. So kudos to the Jets for a crazy, crazy win. Before we get to the Giants, I, I just want to talk a couple of quick things from around the NFL, saving the Giants for last. So the Raiders and Cardinals played an absolutely crazy game. The Raiders were up 20 points, and the Cardinals come back, and Kyler Murray went absolutely bonkers at the end of that game. Absolutely bonkers. He made three video game-like plays. The two-point conversion, both both conversions. The run where he ran like 80-something yards, 
scampered in was nuts. The throw he made after running in the game-tying touchdown or to tie the game and the throw he made at the back of the end zone on the two-point conversion were nuts. Those three plays were ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous to get them back in that game. Then Hunter Renfro in overtime fumbles, scoop and score, and the Cardinals pull one out of their asses. And Cliff Kingsbury, who looked like he could have been easily the first coach fired, wins a game. Wins a game he has no business winning. Just ridiculous. Now, Kyler Murray is exceedingly frustrating. Kyler Murray is exciting. Kyler Murray's a lot of things. He may be the best athlete in the NFL. But I don't think what he does is going to be sustainable in terms of winning. And with the contract they paid him, it, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot, and I'm not sure it's going to work long term. But my goodness, is it tantalizing to watch. Just a crazy, crazy game. Another crazy game was the Dolphins-Ravens. Ravens were up 21 points in the second half. Lamar Jackson looks like he was rolling. He got everybody on Twitter screaming, pay Lamar, pay Lamar, pay Lamar. Lamar's the MVP, pay Lamar. And what do you know? Tua, tongue of Iloa, and the Miami Dolphins, Tua puts up six touchdowns in the game, four in the second half. Jalen Waddle goes crazy. Tyreek Hill goes crazy. And the Dolphins come back to win 42-38. to I loved everything about this game. As you all know, I am a seller on Lamar Jackson. I, I It's not that I don't think he's good, but the way he's talked about in the media or on Twitter, like he's Mahomes, like he's Josh Allen, like he's Tom Brady, like he's Aaron Rodgers, like he's in that class. He's not in that class, all right? It, there, there are levels to this. He's not at that level, and everybody keeps talking about him like he's on that level, and it just bothers me. I'm sorry, it just does. I don't particularly care for him. I don't particularly care about the Ravens. I think their fans are annoying. I know a couple of Ravens fans in my life. They're annoying when it comes to the Ravens, otherwise generally good dudes, but whatever. Not keen on the Ravens. And I've been a Tua believer for a while now. The injury was a tough injury to come back from. Sometimes it takes time. You bet on the pedigree, and he's had all the pedigree. And now he may have the best duo of wide receivers in the league. Mike Kosicki's a good tight end. I mean, he made an unbelievable catch at the back of the end zone, which was a great throw by Tua, but an unbelievable catch. And, and the coach, Mike McDaniel, is putting him in situations where he trusts him. So I'm bullish on the Dolphins. I was bullish on the Dolphins before the season started. I will continue to be bullish on the Dolphins. So that was a really, really exciting game. I mean, so far, week one and two, the witching hours and the end of these games have been absolutely wild. Cowboys Bengals. The the Super Bowl hangover is real. And as Julian Edelman was talking about on the podcast, I think it was on part of my take, that these teams that don't give their first teamers any reps in the preseason, well, it's coming back to bite them in the ass. And you're seeing it with the Denver Broncos. We'll get to them in a second. But right now, the Bengals, it's biting them in the ass. And their offensive line hasn't had an opportunity to gel. Maybe it's because they haven't gotten the reps. Maybe it's because they played against Micah Parsons and TJ Watt. But Joe Burrow's getting the shit kicked out of him. 
absolutely getting the shit kicked out of him. And even with Cooper Rush playing, not that Prescott, Cooper Rush, the Dallas Cowboys, who should not be beating the Cincinnati Bengals, took care of business and beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-17. I am still high on the Bengals. And the fact that every team in the AFC North lost this past weekend just gives me more hope that the Bengals are going to turn around and when push comes to shove, they're the best team in this division. But it hasn't looked good for the Bengals. I'll tell you who it looks good for right now. My two teams, the teams that I can't seem to quit, my boner teams, the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's some excitement to be had there. As for the Lions, they put up points. I've said it for a while now. Jared Goff is not nearly as bad as people say he is. He isn't. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl. Let's not forget, he did go to a Super Bowl. He's very capable. Is he limited? Sure, but he's very capable. DeAndre Swift is a home run hitting back, and Amon Ross St. Brown may be one of the seven or eight best receivers in the league. I love I love the Lions. And I, I'm happy for Dan Campbell. He seems like a good guy. I may bet the Lions every single week. And I may bet the Jaguars every single week, who absolutely trounced the Indianapolis Colts. 24-0. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to be really good. We've seen this before. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is Peyton Manning, but he's had the pedigree since he's 15 that he was the next guy. Year two is supposed to be the step up. If Trevor Lawrence is going to have a year two Peyton Manning-like year. Not saying it's going to be like that because, you know, Peyton Manning was ridiculous in year two and every year since he was ridiculous. But the Jaguars are going to win that division. I really think the Jaguars are going to win that division. I may bet the Lions and the Jaguars every single week. I mentioned the Denver Broncos. Well, they played the Texans, who are a feisty bunch, but the Broncos do not look good. They were getting booed in their home stadium. Russell Wilson had an atrocious game. I mean, at one point, he was like six for his first 20. Just gross. The play calling is disgusting. Nathaniel Hackett, what's going on, man? What's going on? A guy who was touted to be a great offensive mind, well, right now, it's just not looking pretty. But you know what? A win is a win. And sometimes winning ugly is great because... You get all the rust off, you get the kinks out, and you still get a win. But, man, the Denver Broncos, who I thought were going to be a playoff team, really don't look like a playoff team. All right, so now for the New York Giants, my thoughts on the New York Giants. And I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing this because it may come off a little negative. The Giants are 2-0 for the first time since 2016. All right, so let's just get that out of the way. That is really good. We, We like winning games. It's a lot better being 2-0 than being 0-2. However, however, the quarterback is a problem. It's a problem. The first half that Daniel Jones played in that game was an absolute eyesore. An embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. He almost threw two interceptions, and the one at the end of the first half that should have been a pick six going the other way was maybe one of the worst decisions I've ever seen a quarterback make. And this is year four, all right? This isn't year two anymore. This is year four. He plays like he's colorblind, Daniel Jones. I know what the completion percentage says. I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care. It, it's He's just not the guy. 
He's just not the guy. And the problem is, is that the coaching staff is going to prop him up way too high this year for them to be in position to draft a top quarterback in the draft. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be back next year. I don't. I don't think they're good enough at that position right now. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he does anything better than average at best. Does he run well? Yes, but he doesn't realize when to run. Now, he did pick up the first down to clinch the game, and I'll give him credit that he did rebound in the second half, but it's just not that it's just not it. All right. It's just not it. So, you know, it, it's tough to get excited about the Giants being 2 0 when there's a clear hole at quarterback, the most important position on the field. But the positives again, 2 0 is 2 0. Don't apologize for 2 0. And they're playing the Dallas Cowboys with Cooper Rush, who are not particularly good. I think they could be 3 0. Then they play the Bears. I think they could be 4 0. That is exceedingly realistic, which is crazy if you're the Giants. Now, I talked about the alternate universe where they could be the weird 9-8, and 10-7 team and get the last spot in the playoffs. That's exceedingly doable, even with the quarterback situation the way it is. And that just goes to show you what a breath of fresh air Brian Dayball is. And the play calling has been a lot better. And he's maximizing talent that he has no business maximizing. They have the worst skill position players in the league, aside for Saquon Barkley, who looks all the way back. The quarterback is bottom five in terms of a starting quarterback, but they're 2-0. They're 2-0 and they've won gritty games and they give a shit and they care and they play for him. And the defense is really good. Wink Martindale has those guys playing super, super hard. And that's without they're two top pass rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. So there's a lot to like about the Giants, but I just want to pour a little cold water because it's clear that the quarterback is not the guy. But I will not apologize for watching a team be 2-0 this year when they haven't done that in seven years. All right, so before we get into tonight's guest, we're actually going to talk a little NBA. We're going to do some standings preview. We're going to do a contest with a recurring guest. Uh, so far right now, another two and three week against the spread for ATH. Not great. Not great. I, I can't believe I convinced myself to back Kirk Cousins on primetime after we have ample evidence of it being a disaster. And I've been on this show for over three years talking about how I don't like Kirk Cousins, how I'll never back Kirk Cousins. But somehow I convinced myself to back Kirk Cousins in prime time. And it didn't go well. So another two and three week again for your mans, not great. But here we're going to rebound in week three. I usually get hot late, so here we go. First, we've got the Steelers getting five points at the Browns. It's the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. Why should they be favored by five points against anybody? You saw them just flub one against the Jets. Why should they be favored against the Steelers? They're not five points better than the Steelers. So that's... Pick number one, the Bengals minus four and a half against the Jets. I still believe in the Bengals, so I think this is their bounce back game. The Jets had their emotional win of a century this past Sunday. I think the Bengals get right against the Jets, even if they are on the road. The Panthers, a three-point home underdog against the Saints. What if the Saints showed you that they should be favored on the road? I don't see it. So we're rolling with the Panthers. Plus three. I also like the Panthers a little bit 
better than they've looked, I think. Uh, so Panthers plus three against the Saints at home. Chiefs minus six and a half against the Colts. Even in Indy. This has been a very public pick. Normally it's a good idea to fade the public, but I just think the Colts are bad. So I, I can't consciously do that. And then for the last one, I mentioned it earlier, the Lions. Lions plus six. I'm betting the Lions against the Vikings. The Lions can put up points. It's a fun team. I think they'll keep it close against the Vikings. We don't have the Jaguars this week in picks against the spread, but there's always next week. So, again, Steelers plus five. Bengals minus four and a half. Panthers plus three. Chiefs minus six and a half. Lions plus six. All those lines are brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. And with that said, we're going to bring on a recurring guest to talk a little NBA in just a matter of moments. So I mentioned in the monologue, we're changing it up a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the NFL and we'll continue to do so throughout the season. But it's crazy to say that NBA season's right around the corner. I have a recurring guest on who reached out and requested to come back on to talk a little bit about the NBA. He wanted to do a contest in terms of seeing if we can pick the standings as accurately as possible. So we're going to do that. It's none other than Johnny Nolman, somebody who I had the great pleasure of hanging out with this past Thursday night. Johnny, what's good, bud? How you doing? I'm good. The reason I wanted to do it early, because I want to get ahead of Zach Lowe. I want to get ahead of Bill Simmons. I want to be the first NBA podcast out there, make the calls before anyone, and everyone will cherry pick off our ideas. Well, um, can, yeah, no, I, I agree. Well, considering the fact that it's basically a dead time for the NBA right now, I mean, there's no real new news coming out, at least that we can anticipate, given the fact that the last shoe to drop was really the Donovan Mitchell trade. So now I, I think we can have a clear understanding of what each team looks like and where each team is going to stack up amongst their respective standings. But I wanted to ask you just as, as a Knicks fan, because I wanted to get your opinion. My opinion on the Donovan Mitchell situation was very clear. Uh, wh what did you make of the whole situation and the lack of the trade? And, and where was your head at? I was really happy. I think um, if I don't want to give away all my marbles for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think the, the makeup of this team is if you already locked in Jalen Brunson, him and Donovan Mitchell together, just you're going to get bullied if we ever, let's say, best case scenario, in two, three years, we're in a hard fought Eastern Conference finals. Um, and they're just going to get bullied by a, a bigger guard. And the Cavs, I think, could do it because they have these two huge guys, Jared Allen and Mobley, in, in the paint. So I think it's a good move for them, but we'll get to that. But for the Knicks, I, I just, it would have made sense, I think, in the roster. And, like, I'm, I'm starting to look at, like, I want to build a role. I've been looking at the champions for the past few years. So let's like, take the Bucks and the Warriors. They were super long, tall, athletic team with strong, great physical strength and great physicality. And I think that's a makeup of a team you want to make. So if you're going to get a Jalen Brunson-type guy who doesn't fit, he's strong, but he's not too long and athletic, we well, Mitchell has, Mitchell has a 6'10 wingspan. I know. He is so. long. Yeah, but he doesn't. he's not like the grittiness on defense and like the size of like – he's like 6'4". I don't I – don't, he doesn't – like he's not like – like Clay Thompson, the guard of the Warriors, like 6'7". So like Middleton's like 6'7", 6'6". Okay, so. but how many of those guys are out there? No, right, but I think he's not a – he's not like the – him and Brunson, they don't want to play deep. They don't want to be a gritty defender, which is fine. They're great scorers. I think the, the second pairing with them, you want like 
maybe a, st- a stretch it out guy who's going to shoot. I mean, it's obviously not what the Cavs are doing because they're garland with him. But I think um, I, th- I think for the Knicks, it, I, I don't I don't love the move. I mean, I, I love the move of not getting him. You love the move of not getting him. So I, I I guess no. I just at a certain point the Knicks are going to have to do something, right? Because because the mix of of the assets they have with the coach they have who doesn't like playing young players it just doesn't make any sense but whatever we're not totally talking about the Knicks that's uh that's spilled milk and we don't cry over spilled milk so we are going to start with the Eastern Conference what we're going to do is we are going to pick how the standings are going to shake out we're each going to alternate teams uh Johnny's going to go first to pick his 15th place team. We're going to start from the bottom, going all the way up, and then we're going to try and talk about one interesting thing from each team. So, Johnny, let's start with you. The last place team in the Eastern Conference is going to be? Okay, the last place. Uh, I got the Pistons. I'm uh, sorry. They just saw. Uh... Really? We we differ on the Pistons. Okay, make the case. Um. I just think the, the best guy is Kane Cunningham. I mean, he started picking up a little bit in the second half of the season, but I don't really think they have anyone to, t- to, to show me otherwise. Like, maybe you have the magic of the Pacers at 15, um, but I, it's, they don't have a case for me for not being the worst team in the league. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I like Cade Cunningham a lot. Uh, Jaden Ivey has promise as a rookie. Yeah. I think they have some, some good big men. You know, Isaiah Stewart is something like they're doing smart things over in Detroit. And I kind of struggled in terms of where I'm putting them in the, in the standings, because I can see kind of a wide range in terms of their standings, even though I, I don't think these teams that are outside the playing game are going to be very different when it comes to record-wise. But to me, you know, the process in Detroit is right. And I I just – I think Cade Cunningham is awesome. I think he's going to be awesome. And his second-year leap to me, at least, at the very least, will keep them out of the cellar in terms of the Eastern Conference. My 15th-place Eastern Conference team is the Indiana Pacers. Right. There's not a whole lot here that is really inspiring. Um, I like Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not over the moon with Tyrese Halliburton. He's a good player. I I don't get why everybody freaked out about the trade last year. Um, I do like Benedict Matherin. I think he's going to be a real talent. I I like his prospects. But they're probably going to get rid of Miles Turner. Um, they're probably going to try and trade Buddy Heald as well. And this is just like a reboot time. And I know the owner doesn't like to be terrible because they're a small market team, but I think this is the year to be terrible. So I think Indiana comes in at 15. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue like who's going to be worse. I mean, I, I just like, I, I mean, right now I kind of, I like Kate, but I like the pieces of like Halliburton, the team is like Halliburton, Buddy Heald, um, uh, Miles Turner, Turner, and some like random bench guys like TJ McConnell, Dana Tice, Jalen Smith, um, kind of more than the Pistons, but it's like a crapshoot because one's going to win 15 games, one's going to win like 18 for 20. So it's just, uh, it's hard. 
So who do you have at 14? At 14, I, I have Pacers. All right. All right. What I talked about what excites me about the Pacers. Anything exciting for you about the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, nothing. I think it's just going to be the trades, right? It's, it's going to be – it's hard to, like – I could talk about, like, I like Halliburton. I like Buddy Heald as a piece. Um, I don't think he's, like, clicked yet in the NBA. But I think he's going to have his team, time and team. I, I mean, maybe he'll go to Lakers, have an insane amount of pressure, and and not live up to it because that's how I'm with Lakers. But if he goes to, like, a solid team form – um, I think I think I have a really nice career, and I and I only wish the best for Halliburton because I really really like him. Um, I just think um, I th- I think it's hard to say with them. Um, what what it seems like they're in rebuild mode, and I, I would be too um, if I were them. So for me coming in at fourteen, I have the Washington Wizards. Oh my God! Wow, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really argue. <laughs> the Washington Wizards. I'm just not sure where a team's going with Bradley Beal as your best player mm-hmm. and Kristaps Porzingis or Kyle Kuzma being your second best player. I just don't I, I, I don't see it. I, I just I, I think and again, maybe it's because I'm a little too high on Detroit and their and the second year jump of some of their young guys. But the Wizards, man, the Wizards are in a, in a world of trouble to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I I actually have them pretty high up, um, I, and, and I'm sure we'll get to it. Not high up, I, just, I, I have them as 10 as my playing team. Um, I, I liked where they were going. Kuzma played a lot better last year. I'm still crazy and have hopes that Porzingis could ever stay healthy, that he's a a solid player. I'm not saying he's going to be an amazing player, but he's a good piece. Um, Beal um, is Beal. He's going to get his buckets. He had a little bit of a down here last year, but he's going to get his buckets. Hope, like, he wasn't very healthy last year. Yeah, he's healthy. Recuperate. And I, I watch a lot of Euro, Euro uh, Cup, and I, I like the way Danny Avdia was playing. Um, I, I think he's a, he's a legitimate piece. I think the team just has to come together a little more. Um Kispert could get a little bit better. They have Will Barden. They have Monte Morris. They have some pieces there that I just can't see them as a second worst team in the Eastern Conference. You could tell me they're not going to be ten, and I'll be fine with that. But I just how are the Knicks better than them? Bradley Beal's better than anyone in the Knicks by far. Yeah, no, I, 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 I could see the case. I just, I don't know. I, I like some other teams better. I'm not, and we'll get to the Knicks. I'm not like super high on the Knicks this year either. Yeah. But I just think all these teams from like 11 to 15 could easily be separated by like five games in the standings. Right. So who you have at 13? 13, I have Magic. Who I actually, oh, I, I like them. I wish them like. Uh, I I love the young. They have like every young potential guy in the entire league. Like Franz Wagner, I think. I think he just had a great Euro Cup. Um, Pat Palo, Ball Ball, Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaacs. Hopefully, will be healthy. Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, um, the other Wagner, Wendell Carter, like RJ Hampton. Do they have every potential player in the NBA who's like was supposed to be really good and kind of has like not ever lived up to their potential. Um, but I'm hoping they, they're young, they're excited, and I hope it, like, it kind of comes together and it's not just like pieces that, that has potential. So you and I are in agreement here. I have Orlando at 13 as well. 
I thought about them as high as 11. I could see them being 15th. But I do think that there's something there. I think Jalen Suggs is going to have a big second year. I've always been a Jalen Suggs fan. Uh, Cole Anthony is something. If Paolo Bencaro is as ready to play as everybody says he is, you know, he's definitely something. And Franz Wagner is really good. Really yeah. good. Um, so th- there's a little bit of optimism in Orlando. And I'm more of a Jalen Suggs guy than most. I, I think he's going to be like a Jason Kidd-like player. Uh, maybe Or maybe more like a Drew Holiday-like player. But I, I like where Orlando's going. I contemplated them... I should say, I contemplated putting them above the next team I have. So um, who's your number 12? My number 12 are the Hornets. Um, I I think they, they they lost Bridges, and they didn't do anything to replace him. So now you're – if you really watch the Hornets last year, if you said to me, like, he's better than LaMelo Ball – he's more important to the team than LaMelo Ball some games, uh, you could be like, yeah, he was. Like, he was really their engine. Um and they did nothing to replace him. So he really, LaMelo Ball is like, he's a great player, but he's really someone who relies on having a good team with him. It's kind of like Lonzo. He's, he's, he's better than Lonzo, but he's kind of like, he, he needs a team to, to run with him. So I, I think they're going to take a major downfall from where they were last year because they were, they were really hot last year. Yeah, the Miles Bridges thing, it kills them. Yeah, it kills them. I mean, I, I haven't even heard anything if he's a hundred percent out, but I can't imagine that he's going to play. I mean, he's going to um, be in jail, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if Miles Bridges is is going to prison, like this is a problem, right? This yeah. is a major problem. Um, I also have the Hornets at twelve. I contemplated putting the Magic ahead of them just because of that. Uh, I think if you put, I think if you put the um. If you traded Julius Randle there, if there was a trade to be worked there, he'd actually do really well there. Yeah. But I, for right now, I mean, we're not anticipating any trades, so I, I have the Hornets 12. I, they were really good when Gordon Hayward plays. The problem is he never plays. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So yeah, it's think a major he, issue. Yeah, you can't rely on him. He's like a shell of himself. And I, I really like Lamelo. They just did nothing to – to, to help them, to supplement yeah. them. Yeah, they, they made no moves, and it's a team that, you know, it's basically a playing team, and, and now they're, they're probably taking a step back because – and also, the bottom of the East is better, right? Like, I know they may not have great records, but these, you know, bottom feeder teams are not horrible, right? Like, they're not right. horrible. Right. So, who do you have – so, we have the Hornets at 12. Who do you have at 11? Our beloved New York Knicks. We're in agreement on this. Yeah, that's – uh. I mean, I, 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 it's like the worst possible spot. Like you don't make the playing game, and that's kind of how it always. And you don't, and you don't get the best draft picked out of it. And that's kind of always how the Knicks end up. Um, I mean, I think they'll. I'm excited to see Brunson. I think Randall will actually have a better year. Um, I mean, it's harder to have a much worse year, but I, I think he's, he's going to hopefully take a little bit of pressure off of him. Brunson will take a lot of pressure off him. I'm hoping RJ gets better at the things. He was supposed to get better at. I hope Mitchell Robinson is like conditioning is there and really gets that that body that body there to stay healthy and stay in the court um, without fouling every time. Also, um, I hope like I want. I'm looking for development in the Knicks. I'm not looking to make the playoffs. I'm looking to see if quickly could do the like we could go on and on a list of like things we could write down that everyone needs to do better. I'm looking 
hopefully that we're going the right direction. But I'm also looking for, and I know you're going to like this, that Thibodeau gets fired this year. Like, if we start, like, 2-20 and 20 or something, I'm not, and we get Thibodeau fired and then make a run game of the season to make ourselves our season respectable, I'm not going to be too unhappy because that's that's the, he's going to inhibit the development of this team. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, we're going to do a whole Knicks podcast preview but when the time comes. But I just – that's why I wanted the Mitchell trade. I know it's not perfect, but what the Knicks are doing right now, paying Randall, Brunson, and RJ combined for $340 million, like that gets you 35 wins, 32 to 35 wins, which is basically where they are right now. I just, there's no A-lister on this team. The, the chain between Randall and Tibbs needs to be broken. It hasn't been yet. Uh, I, I am looking forward to Obi Toppin playing more minutes. I am looking forward to quickly playing more minutes. I'm looking forward to Grimes. I'm looking forward to seeing what RJ looks like. But I, I don't think any of this happens with Randall and Tibbs there. And for that reason, we need them out. I contemplated putting the Knicks lower than this. But I just think that, you know, even as gross as last year was, they were still 11th last year. And I think they're going to finish 11th this year. So, you have the Washington Wizards at 10. Yeah. All right. May, uh, so you made the case for the Wizards. I have the Detroit Pistons at 10. Whoa. This is a major bet on Cade Cunningham. This is a bet on Cade Cunningham making a huge leap in year two. I found him to be incredibly impressive at the end of games in terms of dictating possessions getting good shots for himself, getting good shots for other guys. I think he's going to be great. And this is a bet on them. It may be crazy, but that's where I'm at. I, I just, Who do you think their second best player is? Who's ready to play right now? Marvin Bagley? No, no. Um, I, I have to go look at the roster again. But I, I think Jaden Ivey is going to make an immediate impact as a as a um, as a rookie. I think Sadiq Bey has moments when he's playing with uh, Cade Cunningham, and and really, it's a bet on Cade Cunningham. That's yeah. what this is. I think he's going to be great, but I, I just always stand by that young guys just can't win win you games in the NBA unless like you have LeBron. Oh, I'm not expecting him to win a lot of games, right? But but could it be that they win 37 games? I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, so I, I, I think there's a clear delineation between 10 through 15 and the top nine. So who do you yeah, have at ninth? Yeah, that was hard, and now it gets harder. I have the Bulls at nine. We're in agreement, um, the Chicago Bulls. I think they I think they cooled off at the end of last year, and I don't think DeMar Rosen's going to have as good of a season as he did last year. But I think Lonzo Ball coming back is a huge plus. Well, the, well hold on one second. Lonzo is not cleared to play. Like he sounds like the knee injury is a mess, and he's not going to be back for a while. Oh, I thought I read that he was coming back. Okay, wow. So that's terrible. Um, yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, so it's going to be that was my that was exactly my logic for putting them where I put them because, you know, when they were all healthy, they were really good last year. They were. I mean, DeRozan was incredible. Zach Levine had a really, really good year. Um, Alex Caruso fit them like a glove. Lonzo fit them like a glove. But yeah. you saw when Lonzo got hurt, you know, they just weren't the same team. 
And in that playoff series against Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee did everything they could to just disrespect them shooting-wise, yeah. right? They basically were like, have at it, do whatever you want. We don't think that you can make a shot. They played defense that way, and they couldn't, and they couldn't. And I think there's there's a ceiling on a DeMar DeRozan-led team, as we've seen. And if he's not all-world like he was last year, I think they're going to take a step back. So, yeah, I have them ninth, too. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 I think I think the teams ahead of them are just going to be better this year. They got really hot last year. And I also think when they when you lose like that in the playoff series, like it kind of defines your team. They took, if they lost to Milwaukee and took them to seven, they'd be coming in like with a lot of momentum this year, but the exact opposite happens. I think it's pretty deflating. What's funny about them at nine is like you look the way the play-in tournament works. Could they win like a, you know, a single game, two games at a time and be like a dangerous play-in tournament team? to get into the big dance. I mean, they could, they could, yeah. you know, DeRozan, if, if he's 80% as good as last year can close and win you and win you a game or two, I just, you know, over the course of the year, I'm not sure their pace was sustainable. If Lonzo's going to miss a lot of time. And I think there are other teams in the conference that got better and that are just better. Right. A hundred. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So who do you have at eight? I have the Hawks. I actually really like their move with Murray. Um, I think, like, they needed that defender in the back, the do-it-everything guy next to Trey. Um, I still have some questions with the consistency of, like, Colin, just Collins, Capella, and that whole supporting cast. And also I have questions. I've always had questions in the way they played just so ball-dominant um, playing Trey Young. But I, I think – Trey Young's amazing. He's actually, I think, one of the more underrated players in the league. He's he's awesome. No one could stop him. Um, and I, I and I like the Mario move. Um, getting rid of Herder, I think, made sense from cap space guy. Even though Herder's my guy from Maryland. Um, and I think there's just seven teams better than them. I don't have much to knock them on. I just don't think they maybe have the completeness on defense and and both sides to and the consistency to really go ahead of the toe to toe ahead of these other seven teams. I had the Hawks at eight as well. Um, I like the DeJounte Murray move. I, I question. It's funny. Like the Rudy Gobert trade through what we think of as fair value for trades for certain guys like Adawak, right? Because yeah. then you end up comparing what DeJounte Murray went for to what Donovan Mitchell went for. And to me, it's just like, I think Donovan Mitchell's, is a better player than DeJounte Murray. And they went for essentially the same thing. So it's like, if you're the Hawks, it, it was DeJounte Murray, the guy to pay that price for. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I really like DeJounte Murray as a player. I wanted the Knicks to be on the, on yeah, I wanted the Knicks to be in on DeJounte Murray and they're interesting. I, I, I still think John Collins is going to get traded for something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to be for, but like a, a team like Phoenix, right? If you're just like flipping John Collins for, I don't know. So it's just this chemistry, you know, um, experiment is interesting with the Hawks, especially with Capella and Akangu because Akangu's coming on. I just, they're an interesting team to watch, but I think Trey Young is good enough as an offensive engine himself that I don't think that they could be, you know, much worse than ninth. 
Could I see the Bulls finishing ahead of them? Yes, but I have the Hawks here at eight. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and I, I think our, my seventh, it's, you could argue that they could be ahead of them. Um, I've, I've, I'm gonna, I'll go to the – my seventh is the Raptors. Um, it's probably a, a recency bias because I just watch a ton of those um, Rico Hine highlights in their entire – the Raptors dominated YouTube summer league basketball. You had Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. They signed the Hancho Hermangoni as a guy from the best basketball movie I've ever seen, Hustle. Ooh. Shout out Bo Cruz. Yeah, Bo and, Cruz. And Spain for winning Eurobasket. You won MVP. He's legit. Adam Sandler is a great coach. Um, a great uh, Fred Van Fleet. And then you have Malachi Flynn, who scored like 90 points a game. So I'm just little recency but i actually did see something i liked and i'm not just being sarcastic anymore oh because you're not because you you actually don't put stock into these games where nobody yeah. passes the ball more than twice and nobody plays defense right yeah. and you're yeah. allowed to step out of bounds like you don't actually put stock in anything yeah. right but the thing i saw is the, the length it's, it's of the raptors it's, yeah it's pretty like that's what i on the next everyone on our team is massive i think their defense could be awesome because of that and I think um, Siakam being hopefully healthy for a full year, um, they're going to be a tough team to score on and they'll be a tough team to defend. And I think there is some merit to them playing together all summer coming out. I think Paul George said one of his speeches, like, you guys better come out and kill because you have the best camp. You played together all summer. Yeah, no, I, I'm high in the Raptors. I, I think the coach is tremendous. I, I love Scotty Barnes. Um, do I love Scotty Barnes more long-term than I do Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley? No, but I think he's still really, really good. Um, I still question at the end of a game who's going to make shots, like who's going to be the dude to get to get a, a basket when you need. Um, but I'm high on the Raptors. I'm high on the Raptors. I don't have them at seven. I have them at six because I think they're going to be an excellent regular season team. I have the Brooklyn Nets at seven. Oh, wow. Whoa. I have the Brooklyn Nets at seven. Why should we be any confident that this team is going to work? What in the, you know, in the recent history of Kevin Durant, of Kyrie Irving, of Ben Simmons and the Nets, what has given us any reason to believe that this team isn't just a great theoretical team on paper that when push comes to shove, they're actually going to win games. Um, having Kevin Durant, having who? Uh, they had Kevin Durant last year. <laughs> and they won. They won a lot of games last year. Um, having, they were the seventh seed in the East last year. Um, having a full year to have Seth Curry, Nick Claxton, Joe Harris coming back, Ben Simmons actually playing. You got to be up. You got to give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt that Kyrie Irving will play 50, 60 games this year. I mean, if, with the full roster, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and you maybe you go Nick Claxton or you go small Joe Harris or Cam Thomas or, or um, TJ Warren. It's a good team. How many winning seasons has Kyrie Irving had in his career without LeBron James? Maybe like three. <laughs> okay, so like, why do we think this team's going to be great? I'm not. Well, saying Kevin Durant's great. 34 years old. I'm well, not. I'm not saying great. I'm just. Not, I'm saying better than the sevens. 
I, I mean, I have them seventh. They finished seventh last year. I, I just like some of the other teams better, it's especially probably... for a regular season team. Now, I think Kevin Durant gives you a ceiling going into a playoff series. You know, if you believe that the best player in a playoff series wins a series, do I think they could theoretically be a more dangerous playoff team than a regular season team? Yes. But, like, Kyrie Irving's a nutcase who just goes AWOL and doesn't, you know, will we'll just, like, miss a week and a half for, for no apparent reason, right? Ben Simmons, we don't have to talk about what kind of a nutcase he is. I'm I'm selling this Brooklyn Nets thing, and I know I'm going to do over-under picks in a later show, but to me, the number for the Brooklyn Nets is, is too high, and I am automatically going to take the under. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I don't have them too many picks ahead of you, but I am a little hopeful that – I just think it's like human nature. Like, if like I, maybe these guys are just against it, but like – you there's something to prove. KD, you were terrible against the Celtics in the playoffs. Kyrie, you didn't play last season. You were terrible against the Celtics. Ben Simmons, you haven't played in two years. This is your time to prove yourself. All three of you have a huge chip on your shoulders. And let's go. You guys are are, are talent really big talents in the prime of your careers. Like basketball every every year kicks by. You get injured, you get older. Like come on. I just I don't. I don't trust it. I just don't trust it. I mean, I hope. I, I hope you're right. I, I hate the Nets, but I hope you're right. I'm just saying. So, who do you have at six? The six, actually, you're going to probably be surprised with the Heat. Um, I just think they they're they're a very good regular season team. Like you could assume Bam out of bio and Bam and um, and Tyler Hero got better. Um, they re-signed Oladipo, which I don't fully understand why, because I don't think, like, I thought he was okay, but he wasn't the guy. They um, Jimmy Butler, he's, a, he's the most polarizing player in the NBA. I don't, like, he's so good. I don't know how good he is. Like, in the play, like, in the season, he's a very, very good player. And in the playoffs, he becomes, like, a top 10 guy in the NBA. Larry looked terrible last year. Um, yeah. So I just and and Struis and Rob I mean Struis and Robinson are headaches. Don't get me wrong, they're they're knockdown shooters, but I don't think they're gonna move the eat needles so so much. So I'm just like, how are they better than the five teams? I, it's a really tough and brutal Eastern Conference. I'm just not as high on the Heat as a, I I could be. Maybe if in the playoffs they're a very scary team. Um, and and they and they and. And Lowry gets in shape, and, and no one wants to play them. That could be possible, but I'm, I just didn't think they made many moves this offseason to say, "Hey, like we're going to have a great regular season again." I hear you, and I considered moving Miami down, add them a little higher than you, because I just I trust the infrastructure. I trust uh, Spolstra. I trust Jimmy Butler. I just trust the infrastructure. So I have them a little bit higher than you. My sixth team is the Toronto Raptors. Um, for all the reasons we said, I think guys are going to, you know, Scotty Barnes takes a step up. They can even finish higher, but I just, my question is, is where does the shot creation come from at the end of the games? And it can't be on Fred Van Vliet to, to do it, you know, just, and Siakam, he had a really nice year last year. I just think that there's, that there's a level that Siakam 
just can't reach in terms of, you know, being like an upper echelon, echelon guy. Uh, I mean, he, he was third team all NBA last year, I think. Right. Which is about yeah. where, where he is, which is, a, is a great, great, you know, honor. I mean, but I just, I just, because if he's your best player, I'm just not sure you're getting higher than sixth in this Eastern Conference, which is a really much improved Eastern Conference top to bottom. I mean, it's it's an impressive East. All right, so who do you got at five? Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Raptors one, by the way. That makes sense. I have the Nets at five, kind of like echoing my – this is a chip on the shoulder. Um, but I could be wrong because these guys just might not tick the way I expect them to. They really might. KD – I mean, my dad and I talk about this a lot. Like he, he I think he thinks he's already a legend. Dude, you won two championships with the greatest team, the most stacked team of all time. You still, you have to prove yourself. You really have to um, prove yourself. So, um, come on, KD, Kyrie, you haven't done anything. You haven't done much anything. And Ben Simmons, you've done zero. Like I'm expecting this, and I, I, I mean, I do like the layout of the big three. It's like. Kevin Durant's not a ball handler, but Kyrie Irving is an amazing ball handler. Ben Simmons is a do-it-all guy um, to, to play D, rebound, push the ball, get everyone easy shots. I, I like the makeup of it. It just it's, it's more of a mental thing than like a talent thing with them. Yeah, no, I, listen, the, the upside is there because Kevin Durant's awesome. You know, I just – I sell – Kyrie Irving. I just sell him as at principle. I'm selling Ben Simmons as a principle. So I, I just I can't put them there, especially if guys who, who are notorious for missing games, you know, if we're looking at regular season standings, I, they just can't be counted upon. So my fifth team, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers before Jared Allen got hurt were on a 50-win pace last year. Yeah. They added Donovan Mitchell something they sorely, sorely needed because for all the warts that is Donovan Mitchell, we talk about the defense, we talk about sometimes he has a little too much Russell Westbrook in him when Russ was really good. Donovan Mitchell does the thing that is the most premium thing in the NBA, the hardest thing to find. Scoring in the fourth quarter. Over the last five years, he's fourth in the NBA in total points scored in the fourth quarter. Okay? So I don't want to hear about the defense. Yeah, I'd like it to be better. I don't want to hear the fact that he's 6'3". Yeah, would it, if he was 6'5", great. I, whatever. He fills a major need for them because if you saw at the end of those games, especially in the play-in tournament, like it was all Darius Garland doing everything. And – I think it'll be a little clunky at first, but I think he and Mitchell will complement each other. I think Evan Mobley is going to take another step forward. He can be, you know, Kevin Garnett light. If he's Kevin Garnett light and Mitchell and, and Garland figure it out, and Garland was great last year, if they continue to be great, this team's going to be super, super dangerous. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. I think their defense is just locked down because you have – you have Garland and Mitchell who are quick, and they could they they're not amazing defenders as I mentioned to be in the show. But you have that that front line of um, of Mobley and Allen. Good luck getting to the rim. I remember watching them like this is impossible to score in the paint when they're both on the court, and they're an offensive firehouse. They're pretty deep. I really like the Cavs, and I'm even more bullish than this year is on their future. 
Because Garland, yeah. they're going to keep getting better. These Mobley, Garland, all these guys. Well, the thing about their future, ironically, is tied to Donovan Mitchell, right? Because of where he is with his contract. Like, right. you're already on the clock with him, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, considering think, he hasn't even played a game for them yet. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be happy. I think everyone's going to be happy. It's just so frustrating that the Cavs, every, they, they lost their franchise, quote-unquote. They lost LeBron James a few years ago. Now they rebuilt the team. The Knicks never lost anyone, and they can't rebuild the team. But that's another talk conversation for another yeah, time. Yeah, another conversation for another time. Okay, so that's five. At four, who do you have? I have the Cavs. As mentioned before, I'm, I'm really high on them. And I'm really, really excited to watch them play. They're probably the, the mo- most in the Eastern Conference. They're probably the team I'm most intrigued by. Yeah, I, I mean, I you could have easily made the case for four. I almost put them at four. I'm super intrigued to watch them. As I mentioned when I was talking about them at fifth, I just think it'll take a little bit of time to gel. And that's why for, you know, for regular season standings, I'm not sure I would put them. You know, I didn't put them ahead of the team that I have at four. Uh, which is the Miami Heat, only because the Miami Heat have continuity. And I think, you know, the Miami Heat are, they're almost like an institution at this point, when with Butler and Spolstra and Bam, and if you get Lowry back in shape, he'll give them a plus. But, you know, I think Cleveland's going to be super interesting, and probably because Cleveland may be a more dangerous playoff team than the Miami Heat. But I have the Miami Heat at four. I'm interested to see with the Heat in terms of Bam taking the next step offensively. Yeah. I mean, he oozes talent. He oozes talent. It's it's crazy how good he is. Um, I just think there's more. There can be more. And it's kind of like I want to see Bam be used kind of like the way Evan Mobley was being used um, or will be used this year with the Cavs. I want to see Bam do a little bit more of that because it's there. The talent's there. The skills are there. Yeah, I, I think last year it was their champ. It was their championship to make. They they really had that series. I thought they should. I thought they should have been there. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was obviously hurt, so you can't blame him. He was a he was a warrior. Hero legit was hurt. Um, but I thought Bam didn't play well. I thought Max Drews was okay, but stoppable once they really targeted him. Duncan Robinson, it's crazy. He's not play playable anymore, even though he's one of like fair players in the NBA because of the. D3 to, to, to NBA journey, and that, that jump shot is just so beautiful. Um, I, I just think they – I just don't think, as I mentioned, they've taken that step up. I think they might be going in reverse with Jimmy another year and it's, it belt, on the belt. Well, they're going to be interesting in terms of a trade team because I think they're going to be super active around the, the trade deadline to make something work. Uh, I don't think this team is just going to sit still. I know they kind of couldn't get anything done in the offseason, but I think they're definitely a team to watch during the season for in-season moves. All right, so who do you have at three? I have the Sixers, who um, I, I know I went on the we, – we, last year we did an emergency trade pod with about Harden. I was really hard on, high on Harden. Harden, um, I've seen a, a few pictures of him. He's looking a little slimmer, so he needs to – be better. He was terrible. I mean, terrible in the playoffs. Like that was inexcusable. So I'm hoping he's he's, he's better. But I like I like the moves they made. Um, and Beat's still probably the most dominant player in the league. Um, as long as he's healthy, they should be firing up. And I think I think they're I think they're gonna have a really good season. I think I think it's gonna gel a little more with Harden. I think he's gonna play more like Melton. 
PJ Tucker is a great move. Um, really, really like fits a breed of what they want in that team. Toughness, DA, um, open threes. And then Maxi looked awesome in the playoffs. I think he's going to continue to get better. House is a great move. Tobias Harris is still a guy who really frustrates me because he has like all the tools and he's just underperforming and he's from New York. So that frustrates me that he can't. Yeah, but he's also a guy who, who on this team, you know, Tobias played well for them in his role, right? I, I think Tobias knows his limits on this team. Um, I'm with you. I have the Sixers third. I You could make a case that the Sixers should be first. Uh, any of these next couple of teams, you can make a case that they can yeah. be first. But I have the Sixers third as well. I love what they did in the offseason. You just mentioned it. You have Maxi. You have uh, getting a year better. I mean, you brought in Melton in the offseason. You brought in P.J. Tucker. I mean, I, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, but he's a guy who keeps himself in shape. He, he does add toughness, and I think Embiid is great. And if they can just get hardened to, you know, be 75% of what he was before, um, or even like the Harden that we saw with the Nets for that 10 games. Like if you can get that for 60% of the year, I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to win a lot of games anyway, because Embiid's going to win them a lot of games. Being a dangerous playoff team, if he is just the table setter and he gives a shit on defense and he doesn't wilt under the pressure, um, you know, and gives way to Embiid and Maxi. I mean, their pick and roll duo, the the nerds say that it was the best pick and roll duo in the league last year, Harden and Embiid. So I, I'm a high on the Sixers as much as I can stand Harden as I usually fade Harden, but there's no denying that the Sixers team is loaded. Right. And I like the Montrezl Harrell pickup. I think that's an underrated yeah. pickup. I know he's not going to get a lot of playoff minutes, but for a regular season energy guy, I, I think he fits. He could score. He could really score. So who do you have at two? Okay, so two, so two I have the Bucs, and one I have the Celtics. I'll explain why I picked the Celtics over the Bucs, even though – Well, you and, I, you and I are in agreement. So oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so the Celtics – I mean, the Celtics just have, like, that defense. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And they're um, in last year's playoffs. Like, I've never just seen anyone just shut down Kevin Durant and the length and the physicality. And then the, the, my big, and they, they were there in the championship. They were up a few games. Um, they were, they're up on the Warriors or winning some games. They, they really almost had, and they're probably still kicking themselves. But the thing that they're missing was a point guard. I think Brogdon's not only a good player, I, I think Brogdon's a great player, especially in that role where there's a little bit of reduced pressure to like perform because he's coming off the bench. He's going to be awesome for them i mean there's nothing to take away from the bucks the bucks are also an awesome team i think the celtics just might have their little chip on the shoulder losing the finals i think the bucks kind of like get it they're just like we just have to keep middleton happy and we're in the finals that's why they're thinking so they might not have like that drive they might take right. the break to kind of like make sure they're resting healthy for the playoffs so you're looking at the regular season. I'm not saying they'll pace themselves a little bit more. Yeah. So the Celtics, I think they're gonna, they're a younger team. They're going to go all out. But I love uh, the Bucks have Joe Ingles. Um, they have so that I think that's a great move. I Was think, one of my favorite signings of the offseason. I know he's coming okay. back off a major knee injury. He's not going to be ready for the whole season. But if they can get him in the flow, he's exactly what they needed. It's somebody who I thought the Celtics should have gone after, but they got Brogdon instead which was a great move for the Celtics too. I just, you know, I agree with you. 
I think the Celtics are going to be more pedal to the metal. I think they'll finish top in the conference. However, when it comes time to playoff time, I don't think that they're better than the Bucs. And I do expect the Bucs to come out of the East at the end of this, assuming that there are no injuries. Like, I also think Philly's a more dangerous playoff team than the Celtics. But, again, these are regular season standings, so I'm with you on the Celtics being one and the Bucs being two. All right. Moving on to the Western Conference, okay? 15 yeah. through 1. Your 15th seed in the West is? Uh, the Rockets. Uh, oh, we differ here. Okay, differ right off the bat. Make the case for the Rockets. I mean, Jalen Green looked a little better at the end of the year. Um, I like Jabari Smith, but I think he's going to be, like, super raw and have kind of a, a tougher a tougher adjustment to the NBA. Um Eric Gordon, I don't think he wants to be there anymore, so get him out of there. Um, and I like Josh Christopher. There's some pieces that I like, but I don't think that translates to wins. You know, they have Boban now, which I hope uh, – I hope they trade Boban back to Dallas. He was so happy. Um, I, I think they have pieces. They have nice young pieces, but I don't think it translates to any wins. I mean, not any, but some, many. I don't think the Houston Rockets are going to be very good. I don't think they're going to be last in the conference. Because I think that they're not trying to be last in the conference. They're trying to, you know, be in asset accumulation, young players, but I think they're trying to build something there. Um, I think the Utah Jazz are going to be the worst team in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. Because uh, I think that's their goal, right? I think they, they're tearing everything down. That's their goal to be the worst team in the conference. I think the Jazz, you know, Jalen Green year two is exciting. I like Shengun as a player. I like, you know, this guy Tari Eason, the rookie, seems to be like he, you know, at LSU could be promising. But Jalen Green has some explosive moments. Sometimes he has a little too much J.R. Smith in him for my taste, but we'll see. There will be an awkward fit with him and Kevin Porter Jr. I think they'll probably have to trade Kevin Porter Jr. to somebody else. But I think Houston's going to be a little bit better. Um, I think the Jazz are going to be horrendous because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the uh, – I mean – Maximize their chances at uh, Victor Wambanyama. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Jazz, right, assuming no, tr no – they don't make any trades, which it's tough to assume because they probably will, and they actually let these guys that you play and play hard. They're not – they're better than the Rockets. You could say – Malik Beasley. Oh yeah, I just, I just, don't, I just don't, yeah, but I just don't think those guys are going to be there. I think Colin Sexton is the perfect guy to get stats on a bad team to try and rebuild his his trade value. But Colin Sexton scored basically twenty four points a game for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won eighteen games. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I just don't think they're going to be very good. I mean, and, and the other point is I would try to trade Larry now because he just dominated. He, he scored like 40 on Jokic. He was amazing. Um, I would try to trade him now if they want to maybe, I don't know if draft picks, but some good young pieces for Larry. I, I actually think I've always been high on him. I think he's going to be very good. I don't think he's going to be there. Actually, I'm not so sure about that, but he also hasn't proven to win a lot of NBA games. Yeah, but so, he's a good rectification for Przingis. He's going to be good. Who do you have at 14? At uh, 14, I have Jess. So it's not like, as much as I'm defending them, I think. Right. I kind of agree with your narrative of what's going to happen. And they're going to, at the end of the season, also, they're going to help their case of being really bad. I just think the Rockets are worse. 
I have the San Antonio Spurs 14th. Wow. Yeah. Another team not looking to be very good. Uh, not looking to be very good at all. And there's not a whole lot exciting about this team. I just, it's, it may be time for Popovich. Like, it may be time. Like, it's just, it's finally time to uh, get the tear down in San Antonio and and start from scratch. I really don't have anything else to say about the San Antonio Spurs. 13, who you have? Yeah, I, I give it the Thunder 13. Um, I, just assume it, it's, I have the Spurs at 12 because just simply like Pop, I don't think he's going to allow them to be that bad, even though. The Thunder have a little bit more excitement, and Shea, um, Alexander, Giddy look good in the, my my um, infamous YouTube video watching. I always like the door Trey Man. Um, um, so they're they're they have some pieces, but they also might want to tank the Thunder, especially with the devastating news about Chet. You don't try to block LeBron in summer league. That's what happens. Don't try to block. The I love the fact that he went for the block in summer league. I absolutely love it. I have the Houston Rockets. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Chad actually got a good, good contest on that shot. He actually caused it LeBron to miss. He didn't block it, but it got really hurt. <laughs> I like the fact that he plays hard. It's a fluky injury. It sucks. I, you know, I don't like it, but because Chet would have been a lot of fun this year, but I, I like the fact that he plays hard in summer league games, even though I think they're meaningless. I have the Houston Rockets 13th. We'll see. We'll see. They have some interesting young pieces. We'll see. Uh, who do you have at 12? I have the Spurs, even though I'm not high on the roster. It's just like a pop thing. Some respect for probably his last year. So I have the Oklahoma City Thunder at 12. And I – thought about putting them a little bit higher. If they had healthy Chet for the year, I thought about putting them higher. But I just think, you know, Shady Gilgis Alexander, this thing's going to be very interesting. Because he's really, really good. The Thunder were almost the 500 team last year when he played. Again, it wasn't a large sample size, and they held him out at the end because they wanted to improve their lottery odds. And it, you know, Worked for them because they got Chet Holmgren number two. But I think he's really good. And if he's going to play, I think they're going to win more games than we realize. So I have them at 12. And I, I, I always love Lou Dort. I like what they've done in the draft. You know, they they, they just have some guys. Yeah, it depends, it depends what angle they take also. Like, are they trying to tank it, um, or are they trying to be okay? Right. I don't know. Well, I, I mean – it's it's going to be interesting because like if they're and again it's tough because the Western Conference also you know the league top to bottom is really good like the bad teams are not super super bad even yeah. if their record shows that they're super super bad but will they try to move SGA because like he's tired of being shelved and he actually wants to play basketball that will be a little interesting thing to watch but I have them at two who do I'm you sure have at eleven I'm sure the Miami Heat would take that up mortgage and a half for SGA. I think um, New York Knicks would be interested. Yeah. At 11, I have, I have the Blazers. Um, unfortunately, I, I think Lillard, I just don't know if he's coming, like a small guard. I don't know if he's coming to the end of his time of like dominating the NBA. I actually really like the, 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 the Gary Payton pickup, but I think he's, and, and Jamari Grant, but I think Gary Payton and Grant are more pieces. Like Grant had his breakout moment when he was with the Nuggets with Jokic. 
Peyton had kind of his breakout moments when he's playing with the Warriors, but now I think they're kind of like when they're on a bad team, they don't get out their full potential. Um, and I don't think there's – I like Nurkic is solid, um, yeah, Anthony Simon, but I just don't think they have enough with giving away McCollum to actually make a, a playoff push. We're going to differ here. And I struggled with 9, 10, and 11 because it's uh, – I think it could be separated by two games. At 11, I have – the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's a lot of... There's too much Pat Beverly smoke right now. Uh, he's doing a lot of talking. I don't love that mix. The Westbrook dynamic, I don't love that mix. Anthony Davis... I don't know what to make of him in terms of availability. I don't know what to make of him in terms of how much he cares about basketball. LeBron James is 38, and he's missed a lot of games, a lot more games than we think over the last couple of the years. I think they're going to be horrendous defensively, like one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Um, I just – it's not a lot to like here. You know, as and I'll give LeBron James a lot of credit, right? You know, the guy still cares about his craft. He's still incredibly in good shape. You know, the fact that he works as hard as his game, at his game as he does at this age, is remarkable. But it's just a bad roster. It, uh, top to bottom, it's not a good roster. So if you don't trust Anthony Davis to be healthy, and the Westbrook thing is what it is, I just... You can make a case that they're eighth. You can make a case that they're ninth. You can make a case that they're tenth. But I don't see the Lakers being top seven. And I really wouldn't be surprised if they win 33 games again this year. Yeah, they have a pretty bad roster. I'm hoping they get Buddy Heald just to give it a little bit more. Like, if they do the Buddy Heald, my, you know, Miles Turner thing, I'll feel a lot differently. But I don't um, think they have the pieces to give it away. I think they're – it makes no sense. Yeah, it's a matter if they want to trade those, you know, last couple of unprotected picks to get guys. That's what it is. And it, and it may not even be enough because the Westbrook contract is big. It's $40 million, right? Like, it's it's a big contract. They're, yeah, um, they're, they're terrible. I mean, I have, I have them at nine just because out of respect, I'm a huge LeBron guy, and I'm hoping AD does stay healthy. Um but they're so terribly controlled to like who they were lying on. They got they got rid of Taylor Harden Tucker, who was like their guy two years ago. Um, Austin he Reed, wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean he wasn't, but he was like the guy that they wouldn't trade and they wanted to stay keep keep a few years ago. Um, Austin Reeves is he's okay. He's a, he's a nice piece on on a team, but he's not a nice piece when he's just going to be on this terrible team. Um, Beverly Schroeder and Westbrook that scares me for. And they're all the same size. Yeah. I mean, I like Beverly, honestly, better than all the other two, even though. Sure, but, like, but, you know, the Schroeder thing didn't work two years ago. Why do you think it's going to work now? I just, I don't see it. I don't see it with the Lakers. They're over under. I I did it quickly. It was 45 and a half in Las Vegas. I'm just like, this is nuts. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. So who do you have at 10? I have a Kings who I actually really We're like. We're in agreement. 
But the thing I is, I love what the Kings did this offseason. I've liked the Kings forever. I, oh, I, I think since like 2015, I've been saying they're going to be a playoff team, and they just always disappointed me. Um, I, but now this team actually has a better makeup to it than they previously had. I think they have like Herder's a really good piece for them. At the yes, start. I love that trade for them. The bonus is awesome. Fox is great. Davion Mitchell, second year, he's going to be a dog. Um, Malik Monk. I've always been high on Malik Monk, and I don't think yes, an so, underrated pickup. He was really good for the Lakers. So let's like let's go. Like play with heart, play good D, and I think the offense is going to come pretty naturally. Play together, don't play stupid, and they're gonna, they could be a really really solid team. The Sabonis Fox combo at the end of the year was really good. Was really really good. And I said it when they made the trade. Everybody was like, you can't trade Halliburton. He's a he's an analytics darling. I was like, when ha- the way people talked about Halliburton was like, they talked about Chris Paul circa 2008. It was nuts. It was nuts. Sabonis so is an all-NBA caliber player. Who's, we've seen it. Now, again, the Eastern Conference was a little weaker, but we've seen it. When he's the best player on a team, that team has won in the mid-40 games and made the playoffs, right? They were a middle-tier Eastern Conference playoff team. I, I didn't I, I don't get it. I don't get what all the hate was on that trade. I think the trade worked. And I kind of like the fit that Keegan Murray gives them the rookie. And I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna finally make the play in game. Yeah, I'm 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 wishing them the best. I, I like them. I, I think Evan likes them. They're they're gonna be fun. So you have the Lakers at nine. We spoke about the Lakers. I have the Blazers at nine. I just think you know, if Lillard's going to have a comeback year, I like the makeup of their roster a little bit better than I like the makeup of the Lakers roster. And there's just a little less question marks in terms of fit. So, and their guys are younger and not as injury prone. So that's why I put them ninth and the Lakers 11th. If you told me the Lakers were ninth and they were 11th, I wouldn't even sneeze. Who do you have at eight? Okay, this might be surprising, but the Dallas Mavericks, I think. Not that much of a surprise. I contemplated them putting them eighth, too. But I, I, I have them seventh, but I contemplated putting them eighth. They didn't get better. They lost Brunson, no. and they gave up Perzingis last year. I know we hate on Perzingis, but they don't have – who's their second-best player? Spencer Dinwiddie and I've, and Luca. He's not, in be- he's not in much better shape than he was last year. Um. And I think that's a huge problem because they're going to ask him to do even more this year. And he gets incredibly frustrated when he um, when he's really just has no one else to score. And I don't think they have anything. They got Wood, um, who I thought was actually a solid piece. But if they kept Brunson or got some other guards, I think they're going to be panicking to get some other guys because this team is and, – and Kid did a really nice job last year and, and their shooters were really hitting some shots and they played way better than they – they they could, but with a more loaded Western Conference, I just and, and I just don't see it. I I'm with you. I had them seventh only because I think Luca is that great. We we've seen it. Yeah. Now there isn't a lot of variation between you know four and and eight in this in this Western Conference. I mean, the league is really good, man. These yeah. teams are good. Um, I have the Pelicans eighth. It was out of respect to Luca. Um, I'm interested in seeing 
the Zion Brandon Ingram dynamic. Um, I am very interested in that because there's a lot of guys who like to like to touch the rock on that on that um, Pelicans team. It's a very talented roster. Zion could be a top 12 player in the league when right. Okay, Brandon Ingram took steps. I'm not a huge Brandon Ingram guy, but he took steps. Um, I just, you know, CJ McCollum likes to have the ball in his hands. He did a great job as being a facilitator. I like Herb Jones. I like, I like, you know, the veteran presence that Jonas and brings. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like a lot of it. It's just when Zion was tearing through the league, it was point Zion, right? Point Zion. Brandon Ingram didn't really like that experience very much. Yeah, but just Zion, standing on the perimeter. Zion. So I'm curious to see how that dynamic shakes out. And ultimately, I do think the Pelicans should, assuming Zion's going to be healthy, should look to trade Brandon Ingram. But I do, you know, it's a lot of talent, but I have them at eight. Zion is a really good passer, and he doesn't mind passing. Um, he, but it's not it. But it's not the it's not the mind passing thing. It, it's more of you know being a focal point, you know, being a focal point where it's just like okay, you're you're the dude. But I, I think I there's think a pecking order on every team, and I I don't think Brandon Ingram is necessarily willing or ready to not be top dog in a pecking order. Yeah, I think he's gotten a little bit more patient last year, and we just didn't see it. They also, when they were playing together, they had the worst coach in the NBA, Stan Van Gundy. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I, I have them at seven. I love this team. I, I, Zion is literally one of the best players in the NBA when healthy. Yep. He's unstoppable. He's a great passer. He's a great rebounder. I'm just hoping so badly that he's in better shape. He's a little bit less. He needs less weight on him so he could. Oh, yeah. Stop getting injured. Just get. You should spend the summer with LeBron and turn that turn that um, body to sh- didn't get shredded. CJ McCollum is great. Ingram it's really good for them court. last year. Our guy from New York, Jose Alvarado, is is sneaky and a um, sneaky player. Devontae Graham, Valachunas. They're a really really dangerous team. And I think if if Zion could really stay healthy and be the Zion we know for a full season, uh, they're going to be higher than seven. That's how good they are. That's how good he is, and that's how good they could be. Their cap is pretty, is really high. Their ceiling, they could I could see them being as high as fourth in the West. Wouldn't shock me. I just think there's a lot of variables. I think so that I, I picked them eighth. I have Dallas seventh out of respect to Luca. I just you know, I, I did a podcast over the summer with a Mavericks fan about why they can't seem to ever win free agency. And at a certain point, like, are we looking at this Luca Dallas situation as a first run with the Cavs LeBron situation. Yeah. And yeah. it it's scary for Mavericks fans. They don't want to hear it, but it's scary for them. But I have them at seven just because I think Luca at a bare minimum is gonna get you fifty wins. And it's gonna be interesting. And they play good defense. So who do you have at six? I have a Clippers. I, I mean everyone so everyone a lot of you are really high on that, but I need to see something. I never. I mean, they've had like solid. Oh, you mean you need to see Kawhi Leonard play? Yeah, and then him. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Is he the same Kawhi? He's been out for so long. And then people are like, "Oh, but John." They signed John Wall. 
I'm like, so that's a, that's a really bad sign to me that he's, he's someone they're relying on. And I think like they're, I think they're supporting. Well, I, don't think, I don't think anybody truly believes that John Wall's a needle mover. I thought he was a starting point guard. I saw in some places, but yeah, uh, but he's not moving the needle for them. I think he's just a nice. I, I'm I not sure he's, he's going to start because Reggie Jackson was has been okay yeah, for yeah. them, and I'm not a huge Reggie Jackson guy, but he he's been good for them. But okay, so you have the Clippers six. Uh, I I have the Clippers a little bit higher. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves at six. Wow. It, this is just a testament to how good the Western Conference is because I actually think they're going to be a very good regular season team. I love Anthony Edwards. I, I think he's awesome. Um, I I like. You know, Rudy Gobert is what he is in the regular season. I'm interested in seeing the fit with him and Carl Anthony Towns on defense um, and on offense in terms of when Towns needs to go on the block. Like, does he have enough space to operate? Does Edwards have enough space to to drive? You know, to attack the basket, and not settle for threes. But I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be good. You know, a good regular season team. I'm just not sure who. They're better than with the teams above them. Like, I just, you know, the, the league is really good. Yeah. I mean, I think the, like, I think Anthony Edwards is not just, he could be another top 12 guy. He is so good. Yeah, Towns, is, Towns, like, I think Towns is kind of meant to be a second best player. Um, yes. I think there's too much pressure on him. So I think, like, go to that role. Um, I love Kyle Anderson as, as a bench guy. Um, nice pickup. They're deep. They're deep, and they, I think they're if they figure out defense, they could be really good. I have them a little higher. So who do you have at five? I have the Suns. Um, I'm not. I'm not so. I'm, I'm not so high on them. I think Chris Paul is another year older, which is which is really big. Um, and we saw that really in the end of the playoffs. I don't know what happened there. I really like Aiden, but there's some. They won't ever. I don't think they play Aiden in the right way. Um, that um, Dev Booker really good player, but he kind of is what he is. I don't think he's going to go out there and win new games. And I love Bridges and Cam Johnson a lot, but I don't, I think they had the momentum for two years, but I just don't see it happening again. I have them a little bit higher because I like their continuity for regular season win totals and standings, but I agree with you. Uh, I think there's a limit there in terms of the playoffs and they had it, they were up 2-0, and I just, you know, Chris Paul is a year older. A lot of the things that you said, uh, I've already met the Devin Booker case. The fact that, you know, people are putting him as, like, a, a top-10 player in the league, it drives me crazy. Um, I, I've made the case on why Donovan Mitchell is better than Devin Booker. But whatever, it is what it is. I have them higher, though. I think they're going to be good in the regular season because of the continuity. And I think they're going to try and make a trade to bolster themselves at the trade deadline. I have the Grizzlies at five. Wow. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. being out scares me a little bit. I don't know when exactly he's coming back. Uh, I think they take a little bit of a step up, even though I think they're, they can be better this year. Uh, I, I love John Rand. I love Desmond Bain. Um, I just – I think the Kyle Anderson, you know, departure is going to hurt a little bit. But I think they're going to be a really good team. But I just like the teams ahead of them a little bit better. Right. No, I, I hear you. I, I, I like the Grizzlies. Um, 
I think they they play really hard defense all all regular season, which gives you like a lot more wins because you're one of the only teams playing your max out. Um, so I have them a little higher, but let's see. So what do you have at four? I have four. I, I have the Wolves to talked about. I think another year of Anthony Edwards, town fitting more of this place. I, I hope they just fit. I think they could be really really dangerous regular season. I to comment on that, I don't think they're going to be a great playoffs team because I think they have a makeup. Well, yeah, and, and the Rudy Gobert ceiling in a playoff series, like, if you're paying him $40 million a year, I think there's a ceiling there in the, in the playoffs. I just do. Got it. Yeah, no, agree. I really agree with you. You know, I, I think in some scenarios, Dallas is a more dangerous playoff team than, than the Wolves. I think the Pelicans could be a more dangerous playoff team than the Wolves, but I think the Wolves are going to win a lot of regular season games. Um, at But, yeah, I... I just, yeah, I think there's a ceiling there, but it's going to be interesting. They're going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm interested to see how the experiment works. Yeah. Um, at four, I have the Clippers. I have the Clippers at four. I think we've seen bits of it, of the Kawhi, Paul, George thing being really good. I mean, I, I think Kawhi, I don't know why I give Kawhi more leeway than I do Anthony Davis, yeah. but, you know, maybe it's because he's won two finals MVPs. So I'll give him more of a leeway, but I think Ty Lewis turned himself into a really nice coach. I think even like the Paul George led Clippers were really good um, when he was healthy. He wasn't, you know, there all of last year. I just, I think the Clippers are going to be really good and it's a very deep team. Who do you have at three? At three, I have, yeah, I have the Grizzlies. I think they're going to, they're going to be super, go super hard. I think John Moran's going to turn it up even more. I think they're a really annoying team to guard. I think they're a really annoying team to play. They're not scared of anyone. So I think that usually translates to like a lot of regular season success. Obviously, for playoff success, I mean, we're going to need to have a healthy Jaron Jackson solve some of the – some guys are going to have to step up for their depth questions. But I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. I have the Suns at three. For the for the for all the things I mentioned before, I think the continuity thing definitely is going to matter. I believe that it's a team that knows how to play together. Whether it's a high enough upside team, playoff-wise, given the landscape of the league is a different story. But for regular season, I think it's a team that knows how to play with each other. And they're going to be pissed off about the way things ended last year. Um, So I have them at three. So who do you have at two? Two have the Nuggets. I'm really excited for them. We're in um, agreement. We're in yeah. agreement on the Nuggets. I, I'm really excited about the Nuggets. I, I want everyone to be healthy. Um, I think. Uh, I think they also got, they got um, some more wing defenders. They got ACP, one of my ACP. one of my favorite moves in the offseason. They got Bruce Brown, ben another Bruce guy Brown. who plays defense and cuts. Perfect so guy have, to play with Jokic. Yeah, they have they have depth. Also, they have Bones, um, Highland, who straight up bucket. Jokic is obviously going to go maybe for another MVP. He's just so good. Um, I'm really excited to see Murray and, and Porter play together. I hope that they just stay healthy. and uh, We might be having a conversation about them there with a playoff preview that they could really be a championship, a real, real legit championship contender because they have the makeup of it, to be honest. I put them, too, out of respect for the Warriors because I think the Warriors are great, and I think they're going to be even better next year. Uh, full season of Clay. I think it's going to be a little bit more seamless. But if you told me the Nuggets were the number one seed, um, assuming Porter's health, assuming Murray's back, um, and 
yeah, I, I really think that Denver's going to be really, really good. And have the Warriors number one because respect the champs. Yeah. Respect the champs. I think, Jor- I think Jordan Poole's going to have a monster year because he's looking to get paid. I think he's going to have a monster, monster year. Weekend, another big thing for me, they lost Payton, which I, which was disappointing, but they got Dante DiVincenzo, which I think is like – A great oh, pickup for them. Yeah, it's not Payton because Payton plays bigger than he is and, and he's a big – and, he, and he's – and he's a great defender, but I think weekends like having being established as like people saying all summer, you're the second best player on the finals team. The dude is now going to be uh, perpetually confident for the rest of his career. And that was his biggest flaw is that he had no confidence. Now he's like, I did this in the finals where I was the second best player on the Warriors. Like that's, that's wild. And, well, he's, he's, also, and he's also in an ecosystem where they're going to maximize his best strengths as great as he's going to be. Yep, exactly. Because it's a team that's not going to let him not be competitive. Yeah, but we exactly. saw it. We literally saw it. He, he was dog shit with the Wolves. And, you know, Nick Wright said it, that it was the worst contract in the league and Steph Curry was done winning titles. And then, and you know, and I was kind of there too, being frustrated with Wiggins. But now, like, you saw the best version. They won a title. He was the second best player on the team in a final series. So I just, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the Draymond Green, how he ages, because we've seen atrophy. And if he tries. But, you know, Steph and Giannis are the two culture builders in the NBA right now. They're, they are a level above everybody else. And, you know, you respect the champs. Yeah. But could Denver, could I see Denver being the number one seed in the playoffs? Yes. But you respect the champs. Yeah, Warriors might have that. The only thing I'm thinking of now is the Warriors might really have that championship hangover because, like, I don't think they expected this one. So they might be, like, really cruising, like, we got this one. We'll, we'll turn it up in the playoffs again, which you, they can, of course, turn it on and off whenever they want. So they might cruise a little more than you think. But I think there is enough guys who want to play. Also, James Wiseman, I think he's going to come in and really, really want to play and try to be successful on their team. I think Wiggins going to look to prove himself, I think. I think Clay's gonna. Re- I think Clay's gonna have a really big season because Clay wants to get back his offensive game. It was kind of lost in his moments in the finals and playoffs, but I, I think I think he's gonna be. He's gonna have a really good season for them. And Steph's gonna be Steph, no matter if he plays a fifty percent or hundred percent. He's just so freaking good. Draymond is a guy you're probably like, oh, I'm a little worried. Is he gonna be the same? I think he'll turn it on in the playoffs like he needs to. Um, but they have Wiseman and some other pieces to kind of put in for Draymond and. and um, I mean, no one plays Draymond, but... Uh... See, the, the Wiseman thing actually makes me a little nervous. But because I think he's going to be a young guy trying to establish himself in the league and, and going for, for numbers and might not benefit the team, it's crazy that they may trade a guy that they took second overall and kind of, you know, didn't necessarily maximize that asset and them still be this freaking good. But they're really, really good. It's going to be an interesting, interesting season Johnny, this was great. We will Thank obviously you. have these picks written down, and yep. we will uh, see what happens at the end of the regular season. We'll remind each other, and, and we'll probably talk throughout the uh, NBA regular season on this show and offline. But season's close, man. It's closer than we thought, so this was exciting to do. Thanks so much for doing it, and I'll speak to you soon, bud. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks again to recurring guest Johnny Noman for coming on, talking about the NBA, previewing how we think the standings are going to shake out this year. 
We're going to have some type of wager on this. We're figuring it out, and we will obviously keep tabs on these picks to see who wins and who loses. That's episode 174 for the love of the game, where there's going to be a bonus episode this week. That's right, because The Bachelorette, the season finale is this week, so we're obviously going to talk about it, so that's coming out soon. But again, episode 174 for the love of the game. Take us out. Get up, get up, and get into it. You're now rocking with the unit. I said, get up, get up, and get into it. We're going to show you just how we do it. I said, get up, get up, aftermath. Still shady aftermath. I said, get up, get up, aftermath. Still shady aftermath. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.